Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jay here, Stretford Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. Joining me are two absolute titans of the Manchester United fan base. To my left is Mr. Joe Smith. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Are Good. You still basking in the glory of a 4 2 win over Newport yeah, County. It was, it was exceptional, wasn't it? it was exactly, as yeah. good as it gets, really. It is. I think it's probably the highlight of my time supporting Manchester United. Yeah. And to my right, Mr. Ronaldo Brown, how are we doing? I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirits. Yeah? Feeling good. Feeling better than usual Mondays. But yeah. all right today. You're, you're happy and I'm happy. Um, yeah, not necessarily anything to do with United, to be honest. So, sorry to burst your bubble being on the United podcast saying that but um, you're allowed to be, you're allowed <laughs> to be happy for things other than Manchester just, United Football I'm Club just, and to be honest with you it's content, good that you are I'm just content otherwise I'm mean? glad to hear you can United usually stress me out they stress me out a little bit less not completely but we won and we move forward I've um, I've had the opportunity to speak to you and obviously I think me and you've spoken about it haven't we about Klopp retiring have we spoken about this yet um, I don't think you've spoken to me I, I've uh, spoke to you about it off camera, off camera on camera I don't think nah I don't, I don't you, think I have just quickly your thoughts on that we're going to get to Marcus Rashford this is about Marcus Rashford but I really want to get your take on it because <laughs> you have a, a, a loose affiliation with Liverpool Football Club I, I, I knew this would be no, but this dick. was brought up on the XG I'm not as well. but listen but you played for the academy yeah yeah listen you know I, mean? I'd, I honestly couldn't care less about club right okay but it was one of them where he said he was retiring and I was like, I hope this leads to the most monumental downfall of all time with Liverpool, regardless of my affiliation or not. Yeah. I'm a United fan and I don't play f- for them anymore. Mm. So I wish them all the worst. That's what I like to hear. Good yeah. lad. Same. Well said. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. Before we move on though, make sure you are getting involved in the chat in the comments and hit that like button. And if you're not doing already, please subscribe to the channel. Let's get this up to 750,000 subscribers with your support, we can get there. Joe, we'll start with you. Yeah. Marcus Rashford. Yeah. Me and you have been very, well, all, everyone on this table has been very vocal in our support of Marcus. We love the kid. He's, you know, a player that has obviously scored a lot of goals for the club, mm. has come through the academy, which sometimes hits differently because it's an academy player and you're like, oh, you know what? You give him that little bit of a, you know, you feel a little bit closer to him or whatever. But it just feels like there's a lot of noise and drama going on. Mm. And while normally my default setting with Marcus Rashford is to stick up for him, it feels like a lot of it is avoidable and 
he's not exactly covering himself in glory at the minute. Yeah, there's a lot to get into with this because not just is the 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 sort of the facts of this matter, which we'll sort of get into, and we've been over a little bit, but I want to sort of get deep into it. There's also the case of the sort of I won't I don't want to say pattern because I think that's unfair, but the fact that this isn't the first time there have been issues of of a similar nature to this with Rashford, um, and also the fact that other teammates of his who have already you know, spoken about being unfairly treated, may look at him and his position in the team and consider that he's maybe being treated slightly differently or wonder whether he is being treated slightly differently. And we can get into whether that's the case or not, but obviously Jaden Sancho has literally spoken about being a scapegoat once before. And I wonder if he sits in, in Dortmund, you know, counting his goals and assists, thinking, well, hang about, at least, you know, at least I turn up for training. Maybe I didn't put the effort in exactly how you wanted me to, but at least I was there. So we'll get into all that. But let's, I think, just start with the sort of update that we've seen even since the game yesterday, which is this sort of potential fine that, the, you know, the reports suggesting that is going on. The last we saw, Ten Hag was saying this is an internal matter, and that's all he said on it. He repeated that two or three times. Then this morning, we've seen reports from the Metro and other people as well saying that Rashford's going to be fined two weeks' wages, somewhere in the region of 600 grand, um, for him not reporting for training the way he should be, in the condition he should be, having been out the night before. So that's how it's been you know, addressed as an internal matter. Do you think that... Firstly, that punishment suits the crime. And do you think that there is going to be sort of longer sort of chipping away at reputational issues that come with this with Marcus Rashford? Because it's all well and good, you know, you do the crime, do the time, whatever. But when people start going hang about, this happened before Wolves, this happened there. Do you think there's a slight erosion of Marcus Rashford's kind of character in people? Because 12 months ago, if we did a, a, a video talking about anything other than praise for Marcus Rashford. The comments would have been, what are you on about? This is ridiculous. Come and, like, this isn't a topic. There's people in the comments, it's quite divided, but plenty of people saying, selling, da, da, da. Yeah, like, yeah. there are a lot of people whose opinion of Marcus Rashford is not very high at the minute. No. Do you think that the punishment matches the crime? And do you think there's a sort of a, a longer term issue with, with Rashford at United? I don't know about a longer term issue. Maybe the second question first. I think there's been certain incidents you mentioned that there was, there's been the incident after the derby, I think, where he went, he went out as well. Yeah, that was a, a, you know, some of the manager flagged up and said it was unacceptable. Obviously, he was late for a team meeting, so he didn't start the Wolves game. Um, he yeah. was on the bench, but he kind of held his hands up on that one and he said, did. "Look, I got it wrong." I don't look at Mar Marcus Rashford being a player who's got a history of causing problems. I think, by and large, his extracurricular activities have been very commendable. Mm -hmm. He's been someone who spent his spare time feeding starving kids, which is hardly something you criticise a player for. So I don't think he's a, a problem as such. But this season, I do feel like <clears throat> we just there is a there is an issue there. There's something not right about it with Marcus. Like he had that fantastic season last season. Scored 30 goals, 70 in the Premier League. I think he had 41 goal involvements. I think it was, which is a great return. I think everyone could be happy with that. Yeah. Almost, I think he equaled the record for the amount of consecutive goals at Old Trafford, which he, I think he, he would have broke as well. He's very unlucky because he got a goal disallowed from VAR. So you're looking at that, you're going phenomenal. Mm. This season, though, he's never really got going. And we're in January. Yeah. And it's like, we've had little moments here. But he's, I think he's got, what, four goals, is it? Five goals, maybe? Not many. Yeah. For a player of yeah. his quality. So there's something not right there. And, mm. it's, and it's, it's not... I think it... If he is punished that, I feel like it probably would be adequate because 
as we've mentioned, um, he said he's not really one to cause problems. You've mentioned his extracurricular stuff. Even even says he has had previous disciplinary issues, and also, I think because he's performed well below his level this season and he's been so poor for the majority of it, I feel like him doing a stuff that probably you wouldn't get criticised for if he was performing well, which is going out after losses and um, obviously missing the game being ill. You don't know if that ties in with the fact that it was in Ireland partying and on turning up late um, to a meeting which got him on the bench last season against Wolves and all of this. To me, I look at it from, um, from Rashford's point of view as, as being a little bit tone deaf. I think if you are in a situation, I'm not saying that you've got to wallow in self pity and be crying at home, mm. but I feel like if you know that you are at Manchester United, you've just got a big contract. You're meant you're meant to be seen as this kind of pillar player at the club, and you're underperforming, not playing well. You've shown quite bad body language sometimes when things aren't going your way. I think you then can't put yourself in situations where you're seen going out, being on the lash, and and um, staying out all. Um, all hours of the night and going on these nights out within a week in between training and stuff like that. It comes across like you aren't approaching your adversity the right way, where you should be trying mm. to knuckle down, <clears throat> perform better and help the team on the mm. pitch. Because interestingly, as I said, I feel like if he was going out and playing well, people yeah. wouldn't be asked. But because he's playing so poorly and he's doing them things, he's gonna get criticized for it, which is why um, from my standpoint, I think it is quite tone deaf from Marcus Rashford. Do you think it, it could, it is leading towards a situation with Ten Hag where, and maybe not just Ten Hag, because obviously some of this, um, but actually I suppose most of this has happened since Ten Hag arrived, hasn't it? The, the That's what I mean, it. like Ronnie, mate, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. There has been issues there, but I, I don't look at Marcus Rashford as being a player who's no. been particularly problematic because he's been at the club now nine years, which in itself is, you know, it means he should know better. Mm. But over the course of those nine years, I think only recently you've had a, a few issues. Now, there might have been more we don't know about. Mm. There might have been some that were covered up or that the Ollie or Jose or Louis van Gaal just ignored or whatever. But from what we know, there hasn't, it's not like I look at mine and go, you know, he's been an issue. It's only recently where you've had these red flags. Mm. Last season, obviously, being late for the meeting, which in itself isn't the end of the world, and his response was very positive. This season, going out clubbing after the derby or whatever isn't great. This one, missing training because you've been out in Belfast in the early hours of Friday morning, is obviously completely unacceptable. Yeah. But that's my, my sort of my feeling towards it is it seems more recent than an ongoing issue, which is maybe part of the reason why the club was so willing to give him that huge contract. Because let's not forget, in answer to the first party question or the second party question, whatever it was, do I think the punishment fits the crime? 650 grand or whatever it's been touted sounds ridiculous. But if that's two weeks' wages, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the bigger question is why the heck is he on such a big wage? Like, was that not a little bit excessive to put him on that wage? I don't blame him for taking it. Do you think, about, it. think about how mental this is? Before he had that, like, ridiculously good six months that he had last season where he was scoring week in, week out, and he was flying, he had a, about a two-year period before that where he was well below par, and there were a lot of questions being asked about his Manchester United future, yeah. or whether he would get his contract renewed. And then he's had that kind of contract year that I've mentioned in American sports, where people kind of up their game a little you, bit when they're, when, they're, when their contracts on the line. And then he's got he's been rewarded with a new contract because of how he played mm. during that time when his career was was on the rocks. And then it's almost like he's people will then look at his and he's got his new contract, his big new deal. And Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then he's kind of down tools again. And then he's not quite performed in the same way. Which is, I don't know, because I personally feel like a player surely can't deliberately be playing poorly or like deliberately I'm with you or, or deliberately I don't, do, I don't see or deliberately that. not try but yeah. then but then when we've seen you play that well for certain periods of time and then all of a sudden you get a new contract and you don't perform as well I think fans are going to ask questions about is are you, is it like because it's all about percentages anyway in, in football especially at that elite level even at 1% that 2% that extra bit of effort actually a little run there Maybe he's not quite doing them things because he feels like he hasn't got as much to prove now. You get this level of complacency that you can get when you get rewarded with a new contract like that. And that can seep in, and I feel like it might have, and then you become a little bit more lax. Um, um, I'm not as worried about my place now. Mm. Rashford's never really had that many people to rival his position since he's been at United, whether that be up front or on the left wing, because United's been so poor for the large part. Because um, even you're watching a game yesterday, Garnacho's gotten a lot of praise, etc. We know poor Anthony is, even though he scored and assisted yesterday. And you're looking at that and thinking, even Ganacho and Rashford, like Rashford's still probably a better player than him. And yeah. when players know that, do you know what I mean? And they haven't got that competition, they haven't got that pressure anymore. It can lead to stuff like this. But personally, when I when when the reports came out, I was trying to figure out what the actual ins and outs of it was. Did he go out on that night? Did he go out on that night? But him being in Ireland, not training and then saying that he's ill. I feel like people can't be blamed for putting two two together, thinking as he's got his kind of priorities in order. Yeah, I, I just wonder with Rashford because yeah. I, I kind of hear you running. I, I've had this signing with people, and it's like, has he stopped trying? Now he's got that deal. Has he suddenly stopped wanting to score goals and wanting to get assists and wanting to win football matches or wanting to keep himself in the England squad? Is he just sort? Of, I've made it now. I've got this deal. I don't really need to put in that effort. Or is he a player? And we've seen it before. It's not. This isn't the first season we've seen Marcus Rashford struggle. Under Ralph Ragnick, he had a, an horrendous season. Like it was a full like nine months of him underperforming. I just wonder as well: is there a confidence issue there? Where mm. if he's not, things aren't going well for him, he struggles. Is, is there even? Uh, I think that's definitely a part of it. I think he's definitely someone that, unfortunately for him and his character, and a lot of people are like this. So it's not just you know he's not alone in this is affected a lot by the things that go on around him. Mm. He's, you know, you look at certain players throughout history who, you know, regardless of how good their team is, they do their thing. Harry Kane played under three managers last season and had one of his best statistical seasons in his career for Tottenham. He did it regardless of what happened around him. You look at someone like Marcus Rashford and he sort of has to do it with everyone else. When he's doing it, he can be excellent, he can be exceptional, he can be world-class. But if you look at the seasons he's been great, they're typically not the seasons United aren't doing well. And the season that Ole got sacked, he was very, very poor. This season when United aren't doing very well, he's been very poor. Last season, the new manager comes in, everything's brilliant. We see 30 goals out of him for the first time. The same with Solskjaer when he was there and we were you know, finishing third and second, getting to semi-final after semi-final and final uh, as well. We saw the best out of Marcus Rashford. And I think, unfortunately for him, maybe it's a mentality, maybe it's just the way his brain is and, and the way his life is, and a lot of people are like it, but he, he doesn't be, seem to be able to separate his personal performance from the team as a whole. And he's someone, a lot of people are like that, but that does seem to be something that affects yeah. him. Just a, another thing about, you, you, you mentioned there of like, 
is it him stopping trying? I almost think it's not necessarily, a, a, like you said, Ronaldo, it's not a conscious like, new contract signed, great, now we can relax. I almost think it's hard to instill like motivators in your life and like things that you're striving for in the next branch and the next thing and the next goal and the next target. Because when you're going for trophies, when you're in a semi-final, it's obvious. When you're in a top four race, it's obvious. When you're winning games and when you've got a contract to play for, it's obvious, it happens almost instinctively. But when you've signed that new deal and when top four doesn't even look possible, yeah. no matter how well you play, it, is, no. it can be hard to sort of self-motivate. And I think he, he seems to struggle with that I've, a little bit. I've, I, I, I partly don't agree with that because I think if I'm looking at the best players, because Rashford is someone that at different points, different United fans and different people have tried to force into world-class debates, etc. Yeah. If you're looking at world-class players, they have those things that you've just said. They have those personal motivators. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're almost, I'm saying they're almost like relentless. Yeah, but they're they like, are. You know but I mean? I'm not saying that he's world-class and he's got any, but he doesn't have, I'm saying it's a problem with how his career has been is that he doesn't seem to have that. He does struggle when his teammates are struggling. He's very much so. That's like a mentality issue. Yeah, because because when, when you talk about the best players like Messi's and the Ronaldo's and the Harry Kane's, yeah, and even the Mo Salahs, they don't ever take their foot off the gas. No. They're relentless. They 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 don't care who they're playing. They're thinking goals, 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 performances, and they're always striving to be the best. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of what can separate you from from being. Because when I say world class players, a coach once told me that. Um, Sometimes it's not always just about ability alone when it comes to world class. It's, it comes to mentality and also players that make the, um, they make the right decisions more often than other, uh, other players. Yeah. When you're saying, when you've got like this thing where you need these kind of motivators all the time and you need your contract to be on the line for you to like to play well and like to show good body language because we've, we've criticised Rashford's body language all season because some, sometimes he's just looked like he's almost give up the ghost a bit and looked a bit fed up and looked a bit... Yeah. And that doesn't resonate well with the fans. And I feel like one thing you can't do as a football player is put like this kind of disconnect between you and the fans. I know that people criticise Rashford quite a lot and he does get quite a lot of stick. But some of that has been justified in terms of his, his, in his performances. And one way that you can help yourself is not going on like nights out after you've just lost to City. Not going on like a pole pole on a form and then when you do score, trying to trust the crowd and doing every kind of celebration. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that stuff like that don't help, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then you can't not expect you to go out midweek in Ireland. Obviously, you missed an FA Cup game. You, you could be ill, I don't know, but he did go on a couple of nights out, apparently, from what we've seen. You can't expect there not to be some sort of backlash. And as I said, it is a tough world because if he was banging the goals in and he was firing, would we be that arsed? No. no. But because he's not means that he needs to be a little bit smarter and he needs to get his, his, his priorities in focus in order and you can't just feel like oh I've just signed this new contract I had a, I had a great um, six or seven months last season because he did start to tail off towards the end of it you, and then um, you just got I don't know I, I feel like it, it's not a good look from him um, I just call it as I see it when it comes to Rashford because as a United fan you want the best out of him while he plays for you but you just got if he's not performing and he's not doing the bit and he's doing stuff like this and it's hard to defend him. Yeah. No, it is hard yeah. to defend him, and um, we'll get back to it in a minute. But cue dramatic music. Dum 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 yeah. dum. Public service dum, announcement. Dum, yes. Dum. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. Mm -hmm. It's man. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Yeah, yes, it's finally here. Manscapes have released their performance package. 
5.0. It's the 5.0 Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. Like the hardcore hooligans. This is the Ultra. This is the hardcore ball yeah. trimmer. This is the one. This is it. Yeah, this is the one you, you know what I mean? Yeah, this, this is, is carrying flares into your pants. Yeah, this is it. Like, like, let's have masks. it. Yeah, this is proper. This is the one you tell your mates about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm part of the ultras. Yes, Manscapes are here and they have revolutionized ball trimming and they finally got the Ultra 5.0. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jay, I love change, yeah? Change is as good as a rest. I love change. But if we're going to get this revolutionary new 5.0 Ultra, are we still gonna get the things we like? Are we still gonna get the crop? Well, first of all, toner? are we gonna have to pay full price? Well, no, 20% off and free shipping, yeah? Using that code Devil20, let's just get that one. Using our Sp special code. Yeah, special code for us lot, yeah? And for you lot, 20% off and free shipping. And also, if you're worried about the staples, the things you rely on, I mean, if you're worried about staples, I would be, because staples in your balls ain't a good look. But if you're worried about the things that you yeah. got used to, the crop preserver, the crop toner, the anti-chafing technology, it's all there for you. All the things that you've come to know and love from Manscaped are still part of the Ultra 5.0 package, yeah. but you've also got this extra. You've got extra stuff. It's the it's the two it's the two blades for me. Yeah. You've got your sort of your classic trimmer, mm. but then you've got I mean, I don't know how to say it, but the foil blade. Oh, now, when you think of a foil, what do you think of? I think of That's German sort of Forces in the 30s, yeah, fencing, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Foil. Fencing, yeah. foil, D'Artagnan, that's yeah. what I think. But of. this isn't that, right? This is far more culturally appropriate than that is, right? Thank you. This is how you can go as close as you can possibly imagine, yeah, downstairs. Because oh, there's certain bits where you want, I want this bit, I want to sort of accentuate yeah. the width of this, yeah, I want to be able to put a bit of shading on it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do like a forced perspective with my pubes, yeah. you know, like MC Escher, where you've got the sort of infinite staircase, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. do that where I sort of loop it around, yeah. put one shadow on one side, but then put the sort of alternate camber on the other side, brilliant, makes it look twice as big, L lovely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what, that's, I mean, that, you don't have to do that no. to use Manscaped. That's, that's just, the top end that's elite so level shit. Yeah. But I've been, I've been using preference. Manscaped for years. You so I can, I can get to those echelons. Yeah. But so can everyone else. Get the Ultra 5.0 performance package. Get your crop preserver, your crop toner, the shed travel bag. Get the LED dual light, all that good stuff. Yeah. Use the code devil 20 Get 20% off. Get free shipping. Your balls will thank you. And also, the love of your life will thank you when they visit your nether regions and realise you're properly taking care of yourself. Yeah. And a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. Yes. Um, um, just I, before we do that, yes. you've got some comments. That's before what I, was, I forget, I yes. just want to give a shout out to my boy, Nicholas Bunny. Six months sober, well done. Chat similar. He follows this. He's been following the channel for years. He's a big fan of the channel. He's always getting involved in the chat and that. Well done, Nicholas. Well done. Big shout out to yourself. Give yourself credit. Go on, my brother. Very good stuff. Well done. Uh, I'm here says sup lads waiting on the email jay there you go that's a private one for you christian says i'd like to know who's advising rashford on these decisions it doesn't help himself i'm a big fan of rashford but it's it seems like he isn't even aware of public perception pretty much echoing what ronaldo just said before the break there uh, big dog says he's had his head turned like beckham and prioritizing other things the only difference is beckham achieved more in a united shirt and before we we, we carry on i wanted to i want to talk about that a little bit more because i i, I made the point news. yesterday that he either thought he wouldn't get caught and that wherever he was going and whoever he was going there with was private enough, secluded enough, discreet enough that he could be there and no one would know. Or... Ireland. Huge United. <laughs> well, I've got but, but through the back door <laughs> yeah. in a VIP room. You know, who knows? Places have got different setups. He either thought he wouldn't get caught or he didn't care that he would get caught. 
which one for you, Ronaldo, is worse? And which one do you think it was? Because obviously you've got friends, you're, you grew up in a, in a footballing world, you, 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 know, I, I know, you know more about how these things tend to go down in terms from of- what I've seen, From what I've seen, from like. the story I've seen, from what I've seen on, on Twitter, because I don't really know much more than that, it's just that he was there to, um, to see a mate, obviously that, that, that just signed over there. And then he's, he's gone out on one of the nights, I don't know if it was a, to celebrate or whatever. But from your point of view, as if he cared or not, he probably just didn't, as I said, he probably just didn't see it as that big of a deal. Yeah, I only see think that's the reason he did it. I don't think he's thinking, oh, I need to sneak in, or I need to sneak out. I don't think he was trying to hide, personally. Yeah, he's probably just gone there and thought, I'm seeing a mate, I'm in Ireland. Um, I don't know if they had a day off. I'm not sure what the, was the situation, and he just thought, I'm just gonna go out. I don't. I but you asking me which is worse? I just feel like in general, it's just not the best look. Do you know what I mean? Even if his attentions weren't necessarily bad in terms of him seeing a mate that has just signed for a football team out there and he's supporting him. Yeah. I then think the whole thing that is, that's gone out afterwards where you've not just obviously gone out, but you've also then phoned in, you've also called in sick to work. That's essentially what's happened. And then you've been um, not playing against Newport and then you've got this thing coming out today where you and your, your agents had to turn up for some sort of internal matter of meeting. It makes it seem like there's actually more to it yeah um it's just not it's just not great in general because it, there's one thing with people criticizing you for your performances and rightfully so this season but then also bring in even more criticism and screwing it on yourself for your off pitch actions it's not smart at all and i i think he does need to think about what he's doing because he's at manchester united i know it's cliche but He's in like a what? Is he in a top zero point zero 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 one percent of people? Yeah. And he's got an opportunity that people literally walk on broken glass for. So I feel like he needs to see it that way. It's it's annoying as well because I I think Marcus has been around long enough now to know the game, know how it's played, and know the repercussions and what can happen if you get caught doing something like that, ringing in sick when you've been out basically hours before training yeah i think it was the early hours the athletic said it was the early hours of friday yeah. morning late thursday night so you know how that's going to play you know what could happen there there's going to be a backlash from it and you've ended up where you're in a disciplinary situation what sort of worries me about all this is not just the relationship between max and the manager it's also the example you set, man you're one of the senior professionals you're on this long-term contract you're a red die hard red come through the academy yeah what sort of an example is that to someone like kobe Mainu? you're saying 100 percent like, oh, I'm just, don't worry about it. I'm, I, this is what I get up to. I go out of, like eight hours before training or whatever on, on you know, clubbing, yeah. it's, it's all right. That's a terrible example to be setting someone like that. And yeah. I want him, I want someone like Mainu to be looking at people like Rashford and going, that's what I want to do. I want to strive and work hard and achieve what he's achieved. Not looking at him going, I want to do what he's done and just go out and all that. Same with Garnaccio, he's another young, I know people forget because he's in the first team all the time, he's still a youngster. Oh, yeah. He's an impressionable teenager. youngster probably, a teenager or whatever. Like, I don't want him looking at going, well, look, Marcus can do that, why can't I? Mm. I just he should be setting good examples, sorry, just quickly. Yeah. Like, we speak, you know, we was with Chucky last week, Brian McClare, and he, you know, he's spoken about it, loads of players have spoken about it, about setting that example and having those examples in front of you and passing it down to, to young players. And we mm. had that for so many years where you had the, the, the Brian Robsons, and don't get me wrong, some of these guys used to go out and have a drink or whatever, but they did the performances on the pitch, and then when Fern came in, there was a level of professionalism that came in with it as well, and they set the standard. So you had and people And the standards like, were different then as yeah. well, the expectations were yeah. different. So yeah. you had those standards that were set. Yeah. So people like Steve Bruce and Robbo and, and Pallister and all them lot, set the standards for people like 
Roy Keane and the class of 92 and then they set the standards for some of the younger players that came in Rooney after them and Rooney and Ronaldo and all that and it carried on in Carrick and then they set the standards and now it feels like the senior players aren't setting the standards for the younger ones yeah. and that's a big problem for me because you just end up with this sort of domino effect where almost no one's setting any standards and the younger players that are coming through think it's okay to do this kind of yeah. thing and, and you and you almost think you have to sort of import it yeah like you know look at Arsenal like they sort of they ha and I'm not saying that the people were out clubbing and all that but they had to import that standard and winning mentality from the likes of Zinchenko and, and Gabriel Jesus and they were spoken about as these massive signings because they know what you do and don't do in order to win big trophies yeah. like we, we've sort of in that same position we've had to sort of import these standards with Varane and Casemiro and even they look like they might be leaving so if at the end of the season Varane and Casemiro goes and we go with this thing of getting youngsters in there could be a little bit of a vacuum of you know you know, sometimes people accuse Bruno on the pitch of being slightly petulant, and and I absolutely love Bruno Fernandes, but I do see that. You know, he's, he th he's, he throws his arms about, he gets emotional, he gets pissed off, and he, he can't control himself or doesn't control himself at times. We see this from Rashford. You know, Luke Shaw, someone that is up and down with his form and all, all sorts of different things. I'm thinking of the people who've been there for a long time, and after that, it's it's like Scott McTominay is the next one and people he might not even play let alone be the one to sort of set the standards for the team and all that so it does feel as though United need a little bit of you know some, someone who's going to look at the club and say this is what you do and don't do and maybe that's what Ten Hag's doing maybe that's why it comes across, across as so strict because that was the next question I wanted to ask is it a coincidence that all of these problems have happened under Ten Hag and one thing it may be you know, Ten Hag's coming and he's trying to change things and he's doing things the right way but we've seen Sancho now we've seen uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and that was public so you can't not do anything we've now seen this is the third time with Rashford about going out after the, the City game uh, missing a training session we saw Garnacho being disciplined and it coming out publicly like again Rashford again now it comes out publicly is there a case to be made that Ten Hag is the same things are happening that were always happening but Ten Hag is either A overdoing the response to it making it public or you know finding people um, dropping people or B, it's happening in response to Ten Hag's pressure and strictness that he's brought in. Do you think that's a possibility? I, I think there might be a little element of both, but I think it's needed. I think I, I back Eric Ten Hag. I do. I think we can all we all know, right? We all can see Manchester United have been underperforming, or we certainly haven't been achieving what we should be achieving. And we've we've seen it, you know, for the last few years where we might have a, a, a distant second place finish, or we might win a, you know, we won one trophy in six years. Why is that? That's not down to Eric Ten Hag. Mm. The, 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 you know, the, the mentality or the, the players or the quality just hasn't been good enough. Now he's come in and he's got this reputation for being a disciplinarian. He's got his reputation for having some things a certain way. And we were all on board with it last year. When Ganacho was late, what happened? Ganacho got dropped and he got brought into the team. He was scoring last minute winners at Fulham and everyone was going, what a great way to handle Ganacho. When Ronaldo did what he did on Piers Morgan, did anyone really think Ronaldo should have stayed? Did anyone think that was fair to the manager who you've barely kicked a ball for that you were calling him out and calling out the club? Mm. People got on board with the Glazers' criticism, even I did. But mm. going on Piers Morgan and handling it that way, so a manager you've not barely even met, when Dean Henderson didn't even want to meet him and gives an interview saying, oh, it's criminal the way I've been treated and all that, what's all that about? And then you've got this scenario there with now with Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho. We've sort of seen this a little bit before anyway. Was it not Ralph Randnick who said this team needs open heart surgery? Yeah. He says you need 10 new players. So who was the players he was talking about that weren't good enough? Well, I, I guarantee one of them was Marcus because he dropped him. Mm. So I'm with this manager because I, I said this on the news yesterday. When Fergie came in, he had a similar situation. 
players that were underperforming, that were going out and drinking, and there was a different culture at the club. And he came in and he changed that. And his first season, we finished second. His second season, I think we finished 13th, and everyone wanted him gone. But he was making big changes. Now, we're not going to get anywhere. We don't let a manager make changes. Because fundamentally, this club, just on this team, just hasn't achieved what it should have achieved. And I think yeah. you have to sort of say to, to the players, look, you've got to give it your all, do the things I want you to do, or you're gone. Because far too often we go, we try and bring in a manager, he tries to change things, the players don't respond, so we get rid of the manager. Where do you draw the line? Mm. What do you think, Ronaldo? Do you think it's coincidence? Do you think it's Ten Hag shining a light on problems that have been there for a while? Or do you think I, I, Ten Hag is, is, has some blame in this with how he handles things? No, I don't, I don't think Ten Hag's to blame because Ten Hag, it's not um, Ten Hag's fault like, um, that Rashford wants to go on midweek nights out, etc. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's, it's, um, he's obviously tried to, ins he's come in and probably seen what everyone else has seen and that the culture is absolutely rotten at Manchester United and that's obviously been down to the Glazers and obviously the likes of Ed Woodwards and the the um, the inflated wages and what it's led to like players also having like a, an overvalued um, look of themselves and mm -hmm. then probably not having this, the same type of motivation and, and almost getting too much too soon and, ever, and it being a little bit too lax and not professional enough. And it's been like that for years. So obviously he's come in and then tried to be a little bit of a stickler. Um, seems like quite, some of the players have been on board, some of the players have, haven't responded to it and been prima donnas. But, so you can't blame Tanag for it at all. I, I, I just think um, the stuff like the Ronaldo issue and then you've obviously got the Sancho issue. United is a club where everything that happens is under a microscope anyway. And especially when United are doing poorly. And I just, I think there's got to be an awareness about public perception. And also there's got to be an awareness of what you need to do to kind of help the club if you care about the club rather than just yourself. Yeah. And personally, I think things like Tenag's been doing in terms of trying to enforce discipline need to happen. And part of me thinks that pretty much every manager in a top level of football tries to enforce discipline. Yeah. It's almost just like, obviously we're on a bit of a more of a microscope being Manchester United, but it's, it's like, why are we the ones with the bad apples? Because you very rarely, you do hear it once or twice about other players from other clubs, but it seems to be like story after story after story about players for us. And also that does intertwine with, as I've said, the lack of success. Mm. So United have had a significant lack of success. So everything that's looked at from us fans, obviously, because we expect a lot, and even though we've, tam we've tampered um, expectations slightly, we do expect to see a level of like quality and greatness and commitment and determination and, and, and passion that we've seen from when the club was successful. So when we're seeing stuff that are not quite up to that level, we are gonna call it out. But as I've said, I, don't, I, I think it's a poor look on the players more than mm. Ten Hag. Do you think also the players need to be at their best behavior when you're losing? That's when you have to, I know it's when it's hardest because it, yeah. you, you, don't, you can't be arsed and it's annoying and you're going to work and work is shit and all that. But that's when you have to be at your most professional. Cause look at like Kyle Walker in the last, whenever it's 48 hours, whatever, doing an interview talking about being unfaithful and apologizing and all that. And it's, it's done some, you know, I, I see it and it's, it's on social media and I see people making statements and having a go and all this and that. But if that was a, a, a Manchester United player doing, let's like, say, Luke Shaw, you know, English fullback, same, similar. If that's Luke Shaw doing that, it is the biggest meme on the internet for about two months. But the difference is they win every single week. They win loads of trophies. And also the size of the club 
amplifies these things and puts a, a, a shine on these things. There's an accountability difference though, because even though it's bad what Kyle Walker's done, him doing an interview for some maybe you disagree agree or not it's showing like a level of accountability from him it is but what i'm saying is apologize the, the pressure on that and the, the scrutiny of that interview is nowhere near the same scale as i think it would be if it was a united player and i do think that the players the united players have to know that as well part of playing for united is the fact that you know you go into a, a nightclub at 10 p.m is a bigger story than for, you know man city was he captain vice captain sort of in that ballpark one of their most sort of experienced players yeah. doing an interview with a newspaper that's hugely divisive about cheating on his wife and having multiple kids with someone like yeah that is a bigger story it because is, of it, where you are and you have bit, to know it's that it's a bit more tabloidy because obviously him being unfaithful to his to his wife it's almost it's it's not as close to like football affecting as going out um drinking during the week and yeah being late that. to training and being late late um, late to team meetings and stuff like that it's not as close, so obviously there's a bit of a comparison there, but I think it's more down to the fact of Kyle Walker has also been probably one of the best right backs in the Premier League ever exactly. and stuff like that, and he's had success. He's had something that's not heavily football related happen and then he's come out and had accountability from it. It's a little bit different from Rashford, who is a player that constantly needs to, to prove himself because his form seems to be like in a lot of peaks and troughs and he's obviously had bad spells and good spells and um, sometimes people have the jury out on him, some people support him, etc. even through the, the, his poor performances. The comparison's a little bit different, especially for someone like Jaden Sancho, who's had obviously his disciplinary issues. Mm. He's come to United and then proved absolutely nothing for Manchester United and performed well below par, well below expectations. And then he's had incidents yeah, you're not going to get the same leeway as someone like a Carl Walker. Yeah, I agree. Uh, One Jay, thing I will say on. before anything is hashtag don't buy the sun. Yeah, nice. Um, do you think this it's possible that Rashford does want to leave and uh, does sort of see his time at United as something that isn't as fixed and as permanent as you would assume for a lad who's from Manchester, who's a United fan, who's been at the club for 20 years, who's just signed a new contract? Do you think there's part of him that thinks, you know what, we're shit? I've I've done my best. I've had thirty goal seasons, and we weren't even close to a title challenge. You know, I maybe I won't even be here when United are successful again. They may never be successful again. Do you think that's in his head at all? Possibly, but I I I thought if if he wanted to leave, then the summer probably would have been his best bet rather than signing a new deal. I know he got a load of dough, but could he could he not have gone like a free or with like a lower fee because he didn't have much time left on his contract? Mm. So he probably could have earned himself even more money if he'd have got a big move, say to PSG or whatever. Maybe he's biding his time till they say Mbappe. I don't know, but it does strike me as a bit of an odd one to sign a long-term contract, yeah. be paid this amount of money, which I think is you know one of the highest-paid players in the world and one of the highest-paid players United have ever had, and then you know a few months later be thinking, now nah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Just very odd. Something just I find the whole situation with Marcus really weird. Like for all intents and purposes, now he, he should be playing really well. Yeah. Like he's 26, I think he's here. He's coming to not young anymore. He's not young. He's been around a long time. He's had what is it three of the last five seasons or whatever where he's got 20 plus goals. He's just had his best Until ever this season. season. It's three of the last four. Like three last four. He's just had his best ever season with you know 40 odd goal involvements. He's back in the England squad. He's got a manager in the England squad who rates him. He's got a manager at Manchester United who rates him. We know that because Eric Ten Hag yeah. more or less said that as soon as he came in. Look, Marcus is my boy. Put him straight back in the team after Ralph Rangnick didn't fancy him. So it's all there for Marcus to shine. And yet he isn't. He's playing as badly as I've seen him play most weeks. 
And I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't know what, what's going on. And it just seems a bit weird. Like Ronnie was saying, the whole celebrations like that. And all right, you're a bit miffed that people are having a dig at you because you um, commented on Jaden Sanchez's post. Well, just rise above it, man. Just ignore it. Mm. Now, it's not like there's, there's a lot of that though in in professional football culture where like professional football players think fans know fuck all. Mm. For, the, for the most part, that's what they think. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Think what do they know? They've never been at this level of the game. That is generally the mindset of a majority of professional footballers. So they sometimes don't have enough accountability for when their performance is going wrong because they'll still get on a defensive when they are seeing that they're being criticised by fans. Right. So then instead of thinking, ah, actually I'm playing poorly, I'm going to try and prove I'm going to work harder. It's almost this kind of self-pity party where it's like, what do they know? They don't know anything. Mm. They've never played football in their life. They can't kick a ball. What, and then it's they're almost, making it worse. They're ma- exactly, they're making it worse. I, I'm not asked. I'm on 300 grand a week. I'm not asked. Do you know what I mean? And then it then it gets. <laughs> you see the reflection of that when if we saw it get Anthony against Newport. He scores and does. He does a similar celebration to that. <laughs> he scores his first he, his first goal contribution of the season as an 80 million pound signer gets away to Newport County, and he thinks he's shushing the fans <laughs> off, off that. That is the problem with like. <laughs> Yeah. With, with, with hey. players and fans currently you've got to laugh man because you cry when you're like so, I didn't even clock that I didn't even clock he did kiss and the badge as well at one uh, point if that helps yeah so, like, so like obviously people because Rashford scored and for the first time and he did the whole and it's like I feel like come on like score be happy be grateful that you've, yeah. like, you've finally got on the score sheet but doing stuff like that isn't a way that you're going to get the fans on side and I personally feel like if I was a player I'd want the fans to at least be on side to an extent I'd be obs- I mean? I'd be Relatively obsessed with. I just, my I, just PR, I don't I get it, right, yeah. Rashford, because he's been through that whole PR mix-up more than any player probably in the world. Mm. When you look at what was going on during COVID and everything, you know, he was getting mm. a lot of press in America. He was getting press on the political papers, you know, uh, programs. He was being spoken about in Parliament. He was like being spoken about all over the world, and non-United fans were backing him this campaign that he ran he was, there was all the attention was on him yeah. yeah now you must have a grasp of how the sort of the media works how social media works how the fans respond to things you can't be that sort of ignorant to it all that you don't get it that you don't get how it'll be perceived and yet there's a part of it that seems he is yeah. there's a part of it that seems like he just doesn't understand how that's going to look and it's it's weird to me that because yeah. I think of anyone around he should he should know that and yet maybe he does know it and he don't care, but it does seem there's a little bit of naivety about, about him. And that's really, really weird when you consider the amount of attention he's had. And he, he should know by now how it works. Yeah, and if you're not performing well and you are doing things that are going to upset the fans, they're not going to forgive you or be like, oh, it doesn't matter because he scored 30 goals last season. You're going to get a bit of a backlash. Mm. And sometimes he's pouring petrol on that fire rather than putting it out. And I just think it's a bit daft. Akash Paul with a super chat says the club have displayed abysmal man management by giving him 350 grand or so a week they should have known um, whether he would down tools afterwards I mean I don't know if down tools is, is a fair way of looking at what's happened I do think that maybe the combination of things one of which is new big contract maybe is, is played a part Abhinav Verma said stuff like this happened under Ole as well Issue is, managers sometimes feel other issues might be more important, but Ten Hag isn't letting uh, the culture down. Yeah, certain managers don't mind certain things that other managers do, like, you know, going out after games or 
turning up late or whatever. I think some, so. Some managers they're quite happy with that. I think going out that. going out after games is a problem. I think loads of professional footballers go out after a game. That's usually the time where footballers yeah, go out. Four games is that. that is yeah, the yeah. They, like they have, yeah. they have that, a match. They have that, a game. They, that annoyed they, me more. Yeah. Is the, the whole like I get it was the derby and it's quite emotive. Can't go out and like people mean? were annoyed because we just lost three 0 to say, but. Personally, I wasn't that fussed about it. Yeah. What has annoyed me more is the fact that, okay, you go, it's only Newport, whatever, but come on, man, you should be playing for Manchester United. You should be available I think, for Manchester I think United. I think criticising the professional football for going out isn't like, they can obviously go out. Yeah. I think some of the best players, it's more the timing of it and is actually obviously after the City loss or um, going out during a training week. Yeah, and then missing, tra- and then like having to miss training because you said that you're obviously then ill, and then if you actually were ill, then why was you out yeah. in Ireland? And then it's like, yeah, you, you miss it. They, that's when the criticism lies. I don't think we're here saying footballers aren't can't go out after a game and no. stuff like that. It's it's context matters obviously. Yeah. Context is a key. Con- that's the thing. Within the context, it's not good. Um, just in, what I, go on. In the last week, yeah, Jurgen Klopp, go on has announced that he'll be leaving really? the season. Yeah, you may have seen it online. Um, let's be honest. I know obviously there's the whole thing of like more second place, as many second place finishes as United or etc. all this stuff. But he has obviously turned them from being a team that is scrapping for top four at best and maybe, you know, a title challenge every 10 years to one that has won the league, got 97 points on a, on a different occasion, got to three European Cup finals, won one of them, won an FA Cup, won a Carabao Cup. Um, they've been the second best team in the last decade because of him. Um, what do you make of him going? Do you think that gives United a chance? Do you think that you know opens things up for us, or do you think you know their structures and stuff are better than ours, and, and they'll manage to push on and, and we'll be picking up the pieces in a few years? I think him going is obviously a bit of a blow from him. I think the the he, he sort of he buy he bought into the Liverpool fans. They bought into him. Like, there's obviously a lot of positivity around Klopp from them. They, they all love him. Mm. And I think that's going to you know, be a massive blow. I think it's not just him going. I think the fact you've got Van Dijk will be 33 starting next season. He said today as well that he's not sure he'll be he, here next right. season. Salah will be 32 starting next season. There's question marks about him staying as well. I think that could be quite seminal. If they lose Van Dijk or Van Dijk tails off and Salah leaves or tails off and you lose a manager who's you know, won your first title in 30 years... I don't think Klopp's irreplaceable. And I don't think he's that amazing that it's, you know, it's all down to him and only him that they've had any success. Because he's only won one title in nine years, which mm. is it's all right, but it's not unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? And they've also, they scouted certain plays for him. Salah was brought in for He didn't go, get me Mo Salah. They went, we've got you Mo Salah because he'll fit into what you want to do. Van Dijk was another one. I know we keep going on about them two, but them two are the better players. He's a good manager, obviously, and he's had success. Mm. But I don't think it's like they're trying to paint it as like when Fergie left United, and it ain't. You, we were chatting before, and you came up with a fantastic question. Now and again, that captivated certainly me, and I think yeah. some other people in the office. Hit me with that. Ronaldo don't, hasn't heard it, right? Because it because it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So the way that Liverpool fans have been talking is yeah. as though, you know, 
Is it because before him they were like used to like fucking was it was it the likes of Jay Spearing and Ricky Lambert? And like yeah, <laughs> and so. but it's, the talk is like like you said, <laughs> Sir Alex is retiring. It, it's yeah. that, that comment has been made a lot. It's about is he one of the greatest? Is he up there with Shankly and you know, know uh, all, all these sorts of people? Th these are the conversations that are being had, and then you framed it in a way that made me go, huh? Like if, if United got a new manager in the summer, or even if Ten Hag stays in, stays on, and he was to do at United what Klopp has done. So for the next nine years, from next season onwards, we won one title, one Champions League, an FA Cup and a Carabao Cup. Well, everything, because he, he's won yeah, everything. Yeah, but spaced yeah. over the yeah. nine years, over the next nine years, that's what we won, those four trophies. Would you have it? With who, Tanak? Or any manager. With any manager. Um, would you be would happy Would you take that, that now? Because that was offered one in One title now. in nine years. And well, a Champions no, League. No, but it's not just that. Yeah, though, and a Champions League, no, and yeah. an FA Cup, and a League Cup. Would you be happy with that? Would you go, yeah, I'd take that right now. I'd take that. Would you? Did you not fight last 10 years, of course, I'd take that. I wouldn't more, mate. I do. <laughs> I love that. I do. I absolutely love that. You wouldn't I, take I, that. I'd take that. No, I wouldn't. I think we can do it. I think, we, I think United can win two titles in the next nine years. I really do. When you phrase it like, because no, I, 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 I personally... You, the I core would, question's like everything, but I feel like it's been reduced down to just... No, no I think United can win no. two titles and a Champions League in the next nine years. Yeah. And the FA Cup. And yeah. The Cup and the... Bro, we won the League Cup. I, I, I would say, bang I, 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 I personally think where, where we are now as a club, Manchester United, where, where I currently stand today, where I'm watching my team make hard work of Newport County away, I would say that for the last nine years, ne next nine years. I, yeah. I just feel right, there's a lot of optimism moving forward. Mm. Ineos coming in with making these changes that seem to make sense, we can, for me, get our act together over the next three, three or four years at least. And also, what I, we'll, I think you can, because one thing, let me just finish this point. Yeah. City were shocking in 2008, right? Yeah. They were getting beat 8-1 off Middlesbrough. They were finishing in the bottom half of the table, yeah? United won the Champions League and the Premier League that season. Within four years, City had won the title, beating Sir Alex Ferguson's Manchester United to the title. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that in three or four years' time, United can win a title. But that, that's because of the oil money, though. And the yeah, but we will. We, we, it's not just because of the oil money. That is a, it's that, a big, that's literally it's, the only reason they're relevant. <laughs> but it's not, not just that. It's because, as well, they got their structure right. It's not just... They got their structure yeah. right through the money yeah. injection. They had to get the structure right. It is, you're right. We've the, the, got money. the money that they had then, pretty much. Yeah. Or not, maybe not quite. I'm not saying it's impossible. We've, we've spent like a lot yeah. of money. You're right, it's the yeah. oil money. I'm not saying City would be anywhere near where they are now without the oil money. But it's the oil money and the structure was right. Because I don't think Roberto Mancini is a tactical genius. I don't think Manuel Pellegrini is a tactical genius. The reason mm. them two won titles is because the structure was in place for him to mm. win titles. So that's why it does me when people say, oh, Pep's done this, that and the other. He inherited a team that had won two titles in the last four years. Obviously, it took them yeah. to another level, but the structure was there. If United get our structure right, with the academy we've got, with the yeah. money we will have, even with FFP, there's no reason why United can't win a title in the next three or four years. And if you win a title in the next three or four years, are you telling me you can't win another one in the next five years after what, that? What, what I also say, I love what, it. what I also say, I love it. And I'm, you fucking got me to try to send me defending Klopp. You Come on then, defend him. Basically. Defend the guy that's won as many titles as Claudio Ranieri. Also, I will say. You do that. I will say, from when Klopp started. As many Champions Leagues as Roberto Di Matteo. From when Klopp started at Liverpool, you, you right? You defend him, Kev. From when, from when Klopp started at Liverpool, yeah? <laughs> To where we stand here today, yeah. I feel like yeah. United, from actually a personnel um, transfer, cash injection, player standpoint, yeah. we're further ahead than Liverpool were when Klopp took over. Though. Yeah, I agree. So, which, 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 which is position. to Jay's point. That's my Jay's point. Saying, so we're we in a better position. 
So you by the time we do that, you know, you're like, the FA Cup and the Champions League in six months, yeah? Klopp's done it in nine years. It's not that amazing. It's good, but it's doable. And it's better. Are you not glad that's happened though? That he's only won one title in nine years. Of course I, that's I a, am. That's a great thing. I am. I'm even that. though, even though it's mostly been down to Chelsea and they're cheating. Is the is the is it? Well, the even reason. even right. You're right. As because even Chelsea, even Chelsea, because the titles that Chelsea have won during the Roman era, and it turns out that my man's well, Ch- a bit mooky. Do you know what I mean? In yeah. the same yeah, time yeah. that I saw. that Klopp's been there, or maybe I think maybe one season on, they've won. In the last decade, Liverpool have won one title, one Champions League. And only title. Chelsea have won two titles, a Champions League, I think two FA Cups, or certainly yeah. one FA Cup. And Liverpool's title was Cove, was the, um, the, the StreamYard one. The fake one. The StreamYard one. Where they collected the medals on Zoom. See what I'm so. saying? Yeah. See what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> and let's not forget as well, right? That, that, that's, like, that's, collected so, the medals on Zoom. So that's yeah. the asterisk. That's yeah. what yeah. I'm it saying. It was like a digital, it was one of those like yeah. AI medals they that just to bring in, on, on your chest bring in with you. Bring in VAR that was very favourable to him to help them as well. So listen, Amazing. Klopp's achieved some decent things. I'm not saying he hasn't, yeah. but I'm saying, you know, telling you now, right? If from now until 2033 or whatever, 2034, I think United can win more than one title in one Champions League. Love that. Yeah, their and medals I, were NFTs. Thank that you. Liverpool. All I'm saying is we haven't won the Champions League in I, 15 I, years. I hear so you. I hear if you. Are, if you're saying that we'll win everything in the, in the, in the, in the next nine years, I, I can't say can. no to that. I think we can. Um, before we go, Wally of the Week, Ronaldo. Who's been an absolute uh, Wally this week? Do you know what? I was going to say... Go on, you say who you want, you. Do I, I was going to go safe. I was probably going to say it has to be, has to be Rashford, doesn't it? Ooh. Marcus. Hey. It, it, it fits into the Wally because he's not been very smart. Okay. Mm. I think that's, you know I mean? that's a reasonable way of putting it as well. It's not like... I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very happy with Fingy not coming on yesterday. Um, Ahmad. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's, he's the saviour now, isn't yeah. he, Ahmad? He's the new one. It's just, just ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I mean, he's a good player, but... Yeah. It's, not, it's not that he's a saviour, it's the fact that we, United want any reason not to watch, aren't they, on the right wing? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's why I feel like Ahmad deserves a spot. What are you saying, Jay, is your Wally of the Week? I, I'll say it's any of these people, right, who've been on forums or on social media telling stories like that. Like I went to pick my kid up from school because when I heard the news, I had to go and tell him first. And he came out of the school gates crying his eyes out. And I realised we hugged each other and we embraced and we cried together because Klopp was going. No, you yeah. didn't. None of that happened. Shut up. Yeah, but this means more though. Stop chatting shit. This yeah. means more. Do you know what I mean? Like, honestly, some of the things I've seen, it's like a, it's like a family member dying. No, it isn't. No. It's a like a family member you want that you've t- never title met. is leaving. Get over it. Yeah. Um, They're my wallies of the week. Mine's probably all the all the absolute like vape losers who have got who have gone mad because the vapes have been banned. I really? love it. I'm absolutely loving it. Some people are just cracking up. I, it, Seriously? Yeah. Oh, they've lost it. I love it. I love it because it, I know I know smoking's not healthy in it, but I thought I always looked at vapors as just being like wannabe smokers that couldn't go through with it. Yeah, but they do, no, it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's people who want to look cool, right? So there's yeah, two, yeah. There's I two think people. There's, vis- there's one. There's people who used to smoke who are using vape to get off smoking. Fine, yeah, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, you. Yeah. The people who want with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To smoke, but can't deal with the icky taste. Mickey, the, the Fuck off! Hardness. Smoking doesn't taste like rainbow candy floss crystal oh, raspberry crush. Yeah. It tastes like shit. That's why it's cool. Because it's not nice. You're doing it despite the fact that it kills you. And it tastes like shit. That's the only reason smoking's cool. It's like you got being... to go... I'm cool. You're not. Get rid of it. It's like being like a hard, like, thinking you're a hard pub drinker. But realistically, you just drink recording. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Whilst watching everyone drink beers. I thought I just always thought vapors people were like young people like do it because it tastes sweet and they aren't man enough to smoke. Have you ever done it? I've never no. I've never done it. Oh loads, yeah, love it. Yeah, every night, but you know, I'm allowed to be a hypocrite, so fuck off. (laughs) Right, that's gonna be all from us. Thank you, thank you to Manscapes as well for sponsoring this podcast. Go and check Ronaldo Brown out on uh, socials. Is it Ronaldo Brown underscore ninety eight? Yeah, yeah. A lot of controversial takes on there. Yeah, man. I love you. I love it. I love it. No, now and again, you do have a little controversial take. You do pop up on my timeline, and I have to to make a decision. Do I repost that? Do I retweet that? My my controversial take yesterday was was um, is was GAs are like being overrated. Goals and assists. Yeah, which is like. I, that's what I put and obviously when you look at that from the face of it it looks like the most idiotic comment because that's how you actually win games mm. but I still think it oh, is well, you've started a, a whole new topic here. you might have to save this nah. for next week yeah go and check out Joe Smith on the Sloppy Joe's podcast as well you can also find producer Ethan on there uh, I've been Jay Motte that's been Ronaldo Brown that's been Joe Smith this has been the Paddock Podcast thanks for watching Podcast Network.